Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the podcast Bet on Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Before we roll my episode out with former NFL football player Vance Johnson, I just want to throw a quick disclaimer out there for those that are about to tune in that his story is very impactful and it contains a lot of elements that are not easy to talk about. I mean, his story has a lot of struggle and it has a lot of despair, but also it has a lot of impact and there is a positive message to it in the end. But I wanted to get on here and just say that, you know, we do talk about suicidal ideation and I just felt like it was my responsibility before we put this episode out there that if you are feeling a certain way, if you are struggling in the United States, the, the hotline for suicide prevention is 988. Um, I do have a lot of audience members in the United Kingdom and Australia, and in the United Kingdom, it is 116123, and in Australia, it is 131114. This is a really important talk. I really enjoyed having Vance Johnson on, but I just felt like it was um, the right thing to do to come on and just give this quick disclaimer for those listening right now. I do hope that you stick around and listen, because it is an amazing story, a really truly amazing, impactful story about a man who found a way to recover in his life and turn darkness into light. A lot of stuff that we talk about in the podcast, but um, if you are feeling a certain way or you know someone that feels a certain way, those are particular methods to reach out to people to help in that particular regard. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Vance Johnson. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos, and today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. And look, BetOnline, it's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online source for all your sports information from live, in-game betting, props, and futures. So what are you waiting for? Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's only at BetOnline where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. Um, I'm very excited to talk about this guest today, not only to just learn about his journey, but as also the audience too as well. He's a former Super Bowl champion, former Denver Bronco. He has a book coming out right now that is already available. It's called Uncovered, Why Becoming Less Became Everything. He is also the recovery ambassador for America's rehab campuses in Tucson, Arizona. His name is Vance Johnson, and he's joining us here on the pod today. Vance, how are you? Thank you so much for coming on. I am blessed. Thanks for the invite. Looking forward to the conversation with you, man. Uh, you're very popular, so I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. Oh, thank you so much for the compliment. I appreciate it. And when we got connected, um, your, your story is incredible. So we're going to try and walk through it step by step for our audience here because I think they're going to get a lot out of it. And I do a lot of stuff on my podcast about talking about, obviously, we talk a lot about the athletes on the field. But it's really the journey and the impact and the inspiration that they can also make off the field, which makes you a perfect guest here for today's show. So if you can, please just kind of I, I don't want to do it for you. If you can, in your own words, please walk us through. Let's just start with the on the field, if that's all right. Um, you're an incredible athlete, um, almost a long jump Olympian. You played for the Denver Broncos. Can you just kind of walk us through um, that journey and, 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 and who you were at that point in your life? Oh, yeah. You know, and I always like to encourage youth around the country on how they can become really good at their athletic sports that they participate in and how it's not just on the practice field or the game field, but literally it's what they're doing behind the scenes when no one's watching. That's actually going to make them better 
even against their own teammates that they're going to compete against. So I tell them, when, even when I was a kid, my father made me go to bed every night by 8.30. He would not let me get on the telephone past 8 p.m. In fact, before I could even go to bed, he made me go run between 20 minutes and 40 minutes every night so that I could just keep working out. And then he'd make me get up every morning at 5.30 a.m. so I could do my push-ups and do my chores around the house. So it's the things you do behind the scenes that are going to make athletes able to compete against their teammates and obviously be able to perform on the field so that they can make touchdowns and hit home runs and be that fastest person on the field. I was going to say, that's how you score a touchdown in, in the Super Bowl, right? Uh, that's oh. kind of goes, goes along those lines a little bit. Um, yeah, and so can you talk a little bit about, you know, the late 80s, you get drafted to the NFL, um, you know, a dream come true. What was that experience like just playing for a Denver Broncos team that was competing for Super Bowls year in and year out, playing with a quarterback like John Elway? What was that environment like? What was that culture for you? Uh, professionally when you first walked into that door and then assimilating and being come being come a part of that culture well folks there's a couple different levels to that so i'm gonna tell you the fun level where i had a really good time playing with one of the best teams to me in the nfl and to me one of the top quarterbacks john elway being that guy because the things that he would do when i first got joined the team because i hadn't really learned how to play wide receiver except for right before i got drafted i learned how to play wide receiver because i was too small to play wide receiver in the nfl well, John Elway would always really encourage me on the things that he wanted me to do prior to practice, you know, and even throughout the game. And, guys, John Elway was such a great quarterback that he literally on the field, and you won't hear about this on the media, he would call a play. And he would tell the player that was going to get that pass probably, and he said, if you drop the pass that I throw to you, you're going to get cut. John Elway did not play, man, because yeah. on the field he made sure we were going to win this ball game. And he was going to throw to the receiver that he knew was going to catch the pass. And then he would say, and if nobody's open, I'm just going to run for a first down. And I can prove that, too, because if you go back and look at the drive back in the day against the Cleveland Browns, we were on the field. We had 99 yards to go. John Elway came back to the huddle after the timeout, and we didn't have a lot of time left on the clock to even try to even tie the game up. But John Elway came in the huddle and said, Vance, I'm not throwing you the ball. What you're going to do is you're going to play in the slot. You're going to run as fast as you can. Everyone's going to have their eyes on you. And then I'll hit everyone coming underneath you. And if they don't, if they're not open, I'm going to run for the first down. So they didn't talk about that on the media either. So I didn't get one pass on the drive all the way down to the end. You were in the end zone. You were in the end zone to celebrate though, right? I mean, it's it's a team effort, right, fans? Did did you watch that? Because one of my best friends, one of my amigos, Mark Jackson was the one that caught the winning touchdown. He spikes the ball. The ball goes over the, over the fence, I jumped over the fence and grabbed the ball and brought it back to him and said, this is one of the greatest NFL comebacks in the history. So you can't throw that ball over the fence or spike that ball. So he said, thanks, Vance. So, yes, I was in the end zone celebrating with Mark Jackson. You got your you got your hands on it at the end of the day. When you think back at that time um, playing in the NFL, you know, do, what, what first comes to mind for you? Does Is it the, the things that all the fans see, uh, the touchdowns, the cheering, um, the, the wins, the losses? Is it the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into your profession? Or is it also maybe the camaraderie with your teammates? You took the words out of my mouth because it was always, you know, about obviously the teammates. But the things, too, were me making touchdowns and the fans cheering for me. Because I truly, since I was a child, really thought an identity was something that was achieved. But I always let people know, especially these days, it's like climbing to the top of a ladder thinking when you get to the top, you made it. Well, the only place to go when you get up there is where? Down. And pro athletes, guys, these days, 
in back in the days when I was playing too, we don't climb back down the ladder. We jump off head first, but we'll get into that part of the story. But on the field, it was just such an exciting opportunity to just be with teammates and winning ball games and knowing that you practice all week long and you did the right thing. You listen to your coaches and your quarterback because you really want to go out there and do the right thing so that you guys can have a victory. And it's kind of like a playbook. I'm a man of God now. And I just really, my playbook is the Bible. So I always relate things back to my athletic career to say, if you don't run the right play, you're not going to have a victory. Well, if we can, let's uh, let's transition into um, that part of your life. And maybe uh, I, I think also maybe the reason why we're, you're on this pod today, as, as wonderful as your NFL career was, it's really the impact that you've also had off the field. If we can maybe start it here like this. Um, when did you did you start experiencing troubles in your life during your playing career, or was it when uh, you left the game? Actually, my troubles in my life were all the way from childhood. And if you don't mind, I'd love to get into that and kind of tell you where it all no, started. I, I would love to hear you. I would love to hear your story, and I think our audience would really needs to hear it as well. Guys, I'm originally from New Jersey, and honestly, it's a good place to be from. But my father was a part of a gang out there. And unfortunately, it got to the point where my father was one of the last gang members in that gang that was alive. And he was forced to either go to prison. And back in the 40s and 50s, they gave you a choice to join the service. And so my dad decided to join the service. And he was stationed out in Fort Huachuca, Arizona, where he, now he's 20 years old, a part of the Army out here. And eventually, he met a young lady at a James Brown concert. But she was too young to go inside because she was only 15 and they were selling alcohol. And my dad ends up going to this young lady's high school. She was 15 years old. And he proposes to her. And so she he, he, she goes back out to the cotton gin yard where her mom, her dad, rather, was the cotton head of the cotton gin yard. And he gives him permission to marry this 15-year-old girl. And guess who ends up, in, ends up inside of her belly? Vance Johnson, future, yes. <laughs> future Denver Bronco, almost Olympian. Yeah. Exactly. So then she didn't have, he didn't have to go to Vietnam because back then they were shipping guys over to Vietnam for war. But since he married a minor he and she was pregnant, then he, they just went back to New Jersey. That's how I came about being born in New Jersey. And I'll make this really quick, guys. It got really tough because my father went back to his old ways. And so my mom wanted to head back out to Arizona. So after my sister was born, we came back out here. But there's a saying, you can take the brother out of Jersey, but you can't take Jersey out the brother. And my dad hit the streets down here, too. And the other thing he started doing was abusing my mother. And he was using. And he was just really beating my mom so bad that my sister and I were really traumatized. So the only happiness that I had was watching sports. So I would always watch television and watch ball players, And I would tell myself, I just want to be great and famous one day. Otherwise, I don't want to live a life in this world. And I would even have times where I was suic had suicidal thoughts as a child. I ran away from home as a child. My father would end up finding me downtown Tucson, Arizona. He'd bring me back home. But one good thing about my father, he was a really good coach. My dad was one of my coaches when I was a kid. But it was really struggling for me because the only time I had any joy and happiness was when I was watching sports because I grew up in a traumatized atmosphere as a child and I hated my life. And I thought one day when I become famous, then I'm going to have a good life. And that's the reason why it was always about sports ever since I was a kid. And that's why when I went even to college, I'm sorry, even before college, I actually, and you can Google this guys, I won the gold medal for United States of America at the Pan American games when I was a junior at the junior Olympics. And then when I was in college, I had a chance to jump against Carl Lewis. Please Google this too. In 1982, Carl Lewis, one of the top, you know, long jumpers and runners in the world at the NCAA championships. I'm a freshman in college. I ended up actually winning the long jump, 26 feet, 11 inches and three quarters. But I was literally 12 inches behind the board 
because I made a promise to God, so I tried harder. So I was 24 <laughs> inches total behind and ended up actually jumping 26 feet, 11 inches and three quarters. And so I won the NCAA championship as a freshman in college. So again, it's about being famous. And then I was making these 99-yard touchdowns when I was playing ball there at football for the University of Arizona. And it got to the point where I knew I was going to get drafted one day. Uh, there is a quarterback by the name of Randall Cunningham. I'm sure some of you guys have heard of him. He played 17 years in the NFL. He's actually uh, the one, him and I were the same age, and he showed me how to play wide receiver by following Jerry Rice around. And I ended up getting drafted second pick in the second round by the Denver Broncos. So that's how I made it to the NFL, guys. That's Wow, that's that's unbelievable. Um, if I can ask you a question, like at that time, when you scored a touchdown or when you did a long jump or when something in sports was a success for you, and you you talk a lot about you wanting to be famous, what was was that? What was that feeling like for you? Was it a feeling that was um, in opposition to? the treatment that your father was giving you, your life or your family, or was it for yourself? You know, what was going through your mind? You know, what were you um, competing against internally, I should say, as you were competing externally as, against other people? Yeah. And like I, like I said, I thought an identity had to be something achieved. And that's the reason why the only time I had happiness and joy is when I would watch television and watch famous people have people cheering for them and want to sign autographs for them. And so to me, that's where I wanted to be in life thinking somehow when I made it there, I finally was going to be a perfect person. And unfortunately, even when I got drafted by the Denver Broncos, and by the way, guys, I had not used any drugs, no alcohol. I wasn't abusive to any women like because I didn't want to be like my dad. Unfortunately, while I was in college, I lost my virginity and ended up getting two young ladies pregnant. So I abandoned two children. But again, it was always about me. And when I made it to the NFL, I thought I finally made it. But I struggled off the field, so the only time I had any happiness and joy was when I was on the field making touchdowns and the fans were cheering for me. But off the field, after fumbling a ball, I started to feel bad again, and so that's when I started leaning on different types of addictions, whether it was painkillers or different drugs that I wouldn't even ask people to tell me what they were. I became an alcoholic. They would even bring me to the ball game, guys, at least two to five hours early so they could detox me before I would go on the field. So people didn't know what was happening behind the scenes for Vance Johnson only on the field is when I had any happiness and joy, but off the field, I struggled. Isn't that, and, and this is a really important message, I think. And look, I think, look, I'm talking in front of a microphone right now, right? I want people to listen to my show. Um, I, I've been in the entertainment industry for 18 years. There's always been a pursuit of some sort of, um, I, I don't know if it's like acceptance, but I've always wanted to collaborate with, an audience and people and in some sort of way internalize that and feel a certain way. Isn't it an important message, Vance, that, you know, you, as you mentioned, you've been at the top of the mountain and that's athletics and in the NFL too, as well, which I think is the most popular sport in America and, and, and among many other things, isn't it an interesting message that, you know, it doesn't, we can do all these things as much as we can, but if we don't love ourselves or if we don't create our own self-worth and identity, um, it's the most, it's one of the top priorities and one of the top responsibilities of a human being, right, is to work on that stuff internally before we can go out and achieve things in life. And guys, I'm going to really be really transparent with you right now, because like I said, thinking an identity was something achieved, it's not. And even though I grew up a believer in God, I really struggled because of the childhood and the trauma that I grew up in and around, but my mother was a godly woman. And honestly, there is a God, but unfortunately, people are kind of just living their own ways here in this world, thinking somehow that they can just make their own happiness by their flesh. 
but we really have to honestly just lean on God's understanding and who are we created to be like. And that is to walk out this thing in this life because there's an eternal life that's waiting for us. And I don't want to start preaching to everybody right now, but I just have to be really transparent. But none of this was in my mind when I was playing football, because again, it was about my flesh and leaning only on fast's understanding, but off the field between the relationships and between getting married several times, even during my career and having children with different women, the only time I had any happiness and joy was when I was on the field. And by the way, I also had a problem with not only gambling, but with lust. And I started to just really cheat. And I was even, I even had three women pregnant during the same time during my career. I got to be really transparent with everyone that's listening right now. And my addiction has led me to all those different types of things, not to mention my mental illness because of the concussions and the problems I had during my career with all the injuries that I had. So I really struggled guys off the field. It was only on the field that I had any happiness and joy. Vance, are you comfortable talking about what was rock bottom for you in all of this? Um, you know, what, 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 what happened? What was the events that transpired that had you decide to change your path? Well, honestly, the very thing that I did after my first Super Bowl in the NFL, I was home one day and I was in my room in my million dollar house up in the foothills there in Denver, Colorado. And I was so brokenhearted that I was trying to kill myself. I was literally trying to cut my wrist. And my mom ended up for some reason calling me and saying, the Lord put you on my heart bands. And I said, mom, you saved my life. I was just getting ready to cut my wrist. In fact, I don't know if anyone's going to see this, but this one of my accidental times trying to kill myself. They had to induce me into a two week coma and take part of my leg out so they can not chop my arm off. And this is all happening during my career, guys. This is the truth about what was happening with Vance Johnson. And just and to be clear, it, your your mother called your mother called just it was a serendipitous just called you right yeah, around that. She just wow. yeah, she just called me, and I was in the closet cutting my wrist, and she said, "The Lord oh put you God. on my heart." And so I decided not to kill myself. Ten years, three Super Bowls, and I was supposed to sign another three year contract with the Denver Broncos, but for some reason, if some of you had watched Antonio Brown recently, uh, you know, this past year, run off the field for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We took his uniform off and threw him up in the stands and just ran off the field. Well, Vance Johnson just didn't run back on the field. And so then I started really struggling after I left the NFL because now I had no identity and I started to do different things where I got in car accidents. I would purposely crash into a woman when I was using drugs and alcohol that I was married to because I'd be in another woman's car with no clothes on going up to my house to get ready to have sex with another woman. And so I really struggled after my career because I was just so demonized with just living a life of addiction and lust and all different types of sins that I didn't know how to cope with life. I had abandoned guys, seven of my children, and I'm already now having my seventh wife. And I had a restaurant named after me. I called my mom one day and told her that my son wanted to go to college and my parents came up to help me with my restaurant because I was struggling with my addiction. My son reached out to me and I would love to help if you can show this on, if anybody wants to watch something that they can see a photo of what happened this night. My son reached out to me and said, dad, I need to ride home because grandma, I mean, my grandfather died and I want to go see my mother. And I said, well, give me a call back a little later, son. So he calls, I'm drunk, I'm high and I'm getting ready to have sex with another woman. So I don't pick up the phone and my son's car had broken down. So he had to take a motorcycle. And guess what happened that night to my son? He got killed. My son got killed by a drunk driver because his father, me, didn't respond to him and do the promise, like I said, to take him back to see his mother. So he had to drive a motorcycle across the foothills of Denver, Colorado, and ended up when he got down to the bottom of the hill, he got ran over by a drunk driver. It goes deeper and deeper, and that's what I didn't care even if I lived anymore because it was my fault 
to the point where eventually I called my mother and told her that I was going to die on purpose. She picks me up and races me to the hospital. I OD at the front doorstep at the hospital. So they induced me into a 28 day coma. And I have a photo and videos of all this stuff. So people can see how my family came out to say goodbye. Well, God, for some reason, my mother told the doctors after they told my family to come say goodbye and take deathbed pictures of me because my body is shut down. My mom told them, God's not done with my son. And on day 28, my eyes opened. And all of a sudden, I asked my mother and my father and the doctors if two of my seven ex-wives came to visit me and if two pastors came to pray over me. And everyone was like, Mr. Johnson, those two ex-wives out of your seven came and those two pastors that you never met prayed over you. But what are you talking about? You were in a coma. That's why I tell everybody that listens to me, there's a spirit that lives inside of you. A spirit lives inside of you. And so when I was in that coma dying, I was actually having out-of-body experiences where I was seeing people that were visiting me. And that's when I start screaming and crying out one day after I left the hospital for God to help me because I had relapsed. And my seventh ex-wife, who I hadn't seen for 11 months, had reached out to the NFL because she wanted me to get into treatment. And she knew that I was $1 million in debt. And a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer by the name of Randy Grimes, I think you should reach out to him and interview him. He was the one that did an intervention on me. And that's when I went to treatment. And so I ended up actually going out to Florida to go to treatment with some other ball players. And that's when I start realizing that I needed to stop leaning on Vance's understanding, but get help, get treatment. There are many roads to recovery, but that's when I became just a man of faith and believing in God and knowing that Jesus Christ nailed all my sins and addictions to the cross. And that's when I promised God for the rest of my life, everything I've had to go through, the journey that I had to endure, I was going to go offer the hope to everybody else. Guys, even this morning, I met a guy that I haven't seen. I just moved back to Arizona after 33 years. And he went to high school and we competed against each other. He was in a treatment program that I'm the ambassador for. Today, I met him in, in person. He said, Vance, your testimony, you proved that even though I ended up not making it even to college playing ball, I wanted to be better than you. And But my story sounds just like yours. So even though you got famous, didn't mean you didn't struggle behind the scenes, does it? I said, it didn't mean that, that I didn't struggle. He said, thank you so much. Now I know that it's not about being famous. It's about using the things I had to endure in life to offer hope, to help somebody else that's needing help. That's why all over the country, people reach out to me and I'll get them into treatment. I didn't mean to take up all the space here. I just wanted to open up to you, man. No, I mean, Van, uh, Vance Johnson here joining us on Bet in Chicago, um, a former NFL player, but currently the recovery ambassador for America's rehab campuses here in Tucson, Arizona. Um, you know, there's a couple things that I'm taking away from this, Vance, is like one, you know, for everyone out there that's that's listening, and of course, every audience member I'm hoping is happy and healthy in their lives, but some people could be struggling. I, I, what I'm taking away from this too as well is that, you know, Vance, even in your deepest, darkest days of your struggles, there were still people there that cared about you and yes. loved you. And even if maybe you didn't see it in that moment, um, they found a way, um, even if it was in through your induced coma, to somehow reach out to you and try and express some sort of love and support to you. And I hope people listening right now have to understand that everyone on this planet has that one way or the other. Um, Vance, I, I do want to transition over to the light because you're doing so many, so many amazing things now with people and their recovery. My final question for you, though, just in this particular moment in your life, and I ask this a lot of some athletes because I talk to a lot of former athletes now. If you could speak to is there a message or a mantra or advice that you could give right now to athletes that are leaving the game right now? Because I talk to a lot of them and those first year, that first year or two, when they leave a professional sport, whether it's NFL or any other professional sport, it is really difficult. You speak about this, losing the concept of identity. 
Um, can you talk about those struggles? What would be your advice to someone who may be listening to this right now who's trying to make a transition in their life and you know they've, they've dedicated their whole lives to this one thing and now they have to make a change? Um, I understand that it's difficult, but do you have any advice for them? I do. In fact, that's the very thing, guys, that I try to help young men understand that your career in your sports career is not going to last forever. So it's really important for you to get educated prior to you, even during your sports career. But knowing after your sports career, that might even open up some doors because people are going to know who you are. And if you're educated, they're going to offer you a job where you're going to be able to have some success at the employment that you're going to end up getting after your career. Because you're not going to play ball. You're not going to play sports for your whole life. It's going to be sometime in your early 20s or maybe late 20s or early 30s that your career is going to be over with. But what I would strongly suggest for everybody to do that's listening to me right now is to know that your identity is not in who you become, whether successful and famous and rich. Your identity is in who you are in your faith. And I'm not judging people, but being a man of God, I know that my Savior Jesus Christ said when he came to this earth, the ones that belong to him and the ones that don't belong to him. But he has the hope that we all would turn to him so that we can know that our journey in this life is going to go through trials and tribulations and tough times. And even though we do have good times, every single person listening to me right now has a loved one that's struggling with an addiction or some type of mental illness or some type of struggles. You young athletes, when your career is over with, I want you to be prepared and know that it's going to end and know what you're going to do after your career. Because what I was supposed to do after my NFL career was go back and get an education and get my scholarship in college. But because I decided to lean on my addictions rather than the understanding that I need to go back and get educated so I can get a job, then I struggled. So please get educated. Please know that your career is going to be over with. But don't make it always about you. Make it about others. Because we're here on this earth to actually help others. And have you noticed all the poor people around these days? I mean, every street that I drive down, I'm seeing people out there that are struggling and they're homeless. Unfortunately, many of them are even struggling with their addictions, too. So what I do is I offer them help to get them into treatment because I even partnered up with Arizona where they're buying some hotels, some of the heads of Arizona. But they want people to get into treatment prior to going into these hotels where they can have some living. So I didn't mean to go all over the place with that. But I just want you young kids to know that life's not going to end just because you get famous in sports. And it sure isn't going to end even if you don't get famous in sports. What you need to do is go out and be you so you can offer hope and help to somebody and have success so you can raise your kids the right way. And I think that message extends beyond just people in sports. I know I know, just personally a lot of people over these last just couple of years specifically are, are making these career changes and these transitions in life and trying to land on their feet after everything that has happened. And I think that message resonates with not just athletes, but I think regular people too as well. So I thank you for that, Vance. Um, can you talk a little bit about, let's talk about your book. I want to hear about your biography, Uncovered, Why Becoming Less Became Everything. I'm sure a lot of the uh, contents of the book you've already kind of discussed a little bit, but was it cathartic for you personally to write that book? And then in succession to that, um, have you gotten the opportunity to maybe hear from some people that you being so vulnerable and transparent in telling your story has allowed people to maybe find that door to open towards either recovery or healing um, and um, just living a different way of life. You know, the reason why I wrote that book is because after I was in treatment and I started to talk to my therapist, I started talking to other NFL ball players who were in treatment. And I started to also communicate with people who weren't famous that were in treatment. And I started realizing, you know what, Vance, I'm not better than that person. And so I started hanging out with those people too. 
And I started to realize, you know, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to say uncovered. And the reason why I say uncovered, because when you're in the NFL and you're a wide receiver, you get the ball win when you're uncovered. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get uncovered. And that means That's you're going to nice. show everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like <laughs> that. that. Means you're going to show everybody I'm wide open. And that uh, means you're going to show them the route that you're running. And the route that I'm running is in my recovery. And it also talks about how there's 12 steps between rock bottom and victory. And so that's why I'm really transparent in my book. And I talk about everything from the beginning to the end and even afterwards on how now it's about just really offering the hope and support to people that are needing help. I think you had one other question that I didn't get a chance to hear. So asking that question again at the end. Oh, yeah. So I, I mean, just for I was asking uh, more personally, did you get an opportunity um, for people that have read the book? Have you heard of any stories? Have you gotten feedback from people that have just that have come come to you and say, hey, you know, I, I came across your book. I read it and it has affected me. It has impacted me. And in, in some ways, uh, either can you tell that story or and how has that affected you personally, knowing that you are helping by telling your story of struggle? You know, what's really awesome about that question you just asked me. I actually had someone reach out to me only about a week and a half ago from up in the Chicago area because my book was being sold around the country and people were reading it. And I told them that they could just go to the bandsinspires.org and not only will they see an email address how they can reach out to me, but I have a phone number on there that they can call. And somebody called me after reading that book and said, I didn't know famous people struggled even after their careers were over with. And so I have a loved one that needs to get into treatment. Is there anything you can do to help me? I said, I'm willing to help you not only if they can't make it to the Arizona program, but I will look for a program up in your area so I can get that loved one of yours into treatment. And so they even put that loved one on the phone with me. And that's when I started to Google and do some research. And I'm connected with programs around the country. And I got that person into treatment. So this is the reason why I wrote that book, because I want people to know this is how transparent I am, that they can even reach out to me, not just get my book so I can make money off someone buying my book but literally so I can share my testimony so someone can reach out about a loved one who needs help and I'll get them into treatment. I even know some free programs around the country too that get people in. It's not about just Vance Johnson's program here that I work with. It's about getting people in treatment all over the country. So please, if you get the book or even if you don't get the book, go to vanceinspires.org and reach out. I'd love to talk to someone and show them in a way that they can go get some help and treatment. And has the book and that type of story, is that, um, is that transferred over to some of the work that you're doing now um, as the recovery ambassador uh, for America's rehab campuses in Tucson, Arizona? Is that a big part of your role? And is that, uh, is that how you fill up your days now, just, just helping people and teaching people and telling your story? Guys, you're a genius. We haven't even had a conversation prior to this. And the very things coming out your mouth are the things that are happening in my life. Just this morning, I, like I told you, I met that young man that I played football against when I was in high school here. And then the day before yesterday, I spoke to 44 women in treatment and I was so in love with them, not in the way I used to be because I used to be a whore, but I was in love with them now because <laughs> I want them to have a good man in their life. So you know what I said to them? I said, how many of you guys would like my book? All 44 raised their hands. So I ran out to my car because Amazon had just shipped them out to me in person. And I gave 44 books away for free. And Oprah one style, you get a book, you get a book. <laughs> yes. And I signed 44 books for the, those young ladies that are in treatment. And I also hit my knees and apologized to them because when they heard my testimony and I told them how I was not a good husband, I was not a good man to a woman and you guys need to be with a good man. So don't just go be with anybody when you leave treatment but make sure you're equally yoked. So someone's going in the same direction that you are, that's gonna make you number one, not themselves. 
This just happened the day before yesterday. It came out of your mouth. What am I doing behind the scenes? This is what I do every day. And when I get off the phone with you, I actually talked to a young man. I went to a hospital on Sunday because instead of going to church, my pastor said, you can go with that lady to go help her son. And after I get off the phone with you, I'm going to reach out to them because I want to get that young man into treatment because he was homeless, but he's in the hospital because he had an injury that happened to him on the side of the road. I think he may have gotten run over. So this is what I do every day. Well, Vance Johnson, keep filling up that cup. Um, you know, typically I would f follow up with a final question, man, but if it's okay, I would just kind of like to make a statement. Um, you know, we're, we're connecting um, for the first time. And if I can just maybe just impart, and this might be just a very glib observation, but man, I, I see such a light um, about you and you still have a wonderful sense of humor and honest and you coming on here and being so transparent and honest about your story, which, which to be very real is, is, is such a struggle. And I can't imagine some of the traumas that you experienced as a kid and everything that we see on the TV from all the highlights and you catching touchdowns, but understanding your struggle from, from off the field and some of the things that you went through to be able to take some of that darkness and put, and shine a light on it. And I'm so happy that you came out of that coma too, as well. Um, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, honestly. Um, and I hope that our audience gets a lot out of this too, as well. And, and if anyone is struggling, this listening to this right now, you can always connect with Vance Johnson. Cause he seems like, and has already uh, said so much that you are, you're the type of person that you can connect to. Um, I just want to congratulate you honestly. And, 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 and really uh, you're doing wonderful work. And your book is called uh, your book is called Uncovered: Why Becoming Less Became Everything. I just picked up on what that means the double the double hidden meaning there at the NFL. That's super clever. I should have seen it. It flew over my head. I should have had it. Um, typically, I have a final question, but I just want to express that personally to you. Um, that uh, you know, I'm I, I'm just I'm just grateful to be able to connect with you. And and I think there's I think that there's a lot of people on this planet that are very happy to have you still walking, talking preaching your message and helping people every single day so thank you for that thank you and i really appreciate that and by the way you're so you're so good at this man i just i get interviewed all the time but the questions that you're asking and the things that you know the knowledge that you have i just want to say that god said your gift will make room for you so you need to be doing this for the rest of your life thank you so much i love it so very deeply i would only be so lucky vance i would only be so lucky to wake up continuously every single day uh to be able to continue to do this so i i appreciate that from the bottom of my heart before you go please um if you if you're if you're comfortable with uh, throwing out socials you can please throw out your website one more time any other way that people can get connected with you and just continue to hear your message and and just know that there are great people like you out there in the world please let uh, my audience know absolutely so guys if you want to reach out to me please uh number one you can go to the vance inspires facebook page i'm very transparent on my facebook page i not only show the highlights of my career but i really stick to the things that i'm doing now in this space of helping people into treatment also you can go to the vanceinspires.org website and if someone wants me to come out and maybe share my testimony whether it's going to be at your church or even at a school or a college or some type of event that you're having, that you want someone, an athlete to come share their testimony, I'll be that guy. Otherwise, if you want to, man, just pray for me and know that you can just reach out to Vance and Vance gonna reach out back out to you. So those are the different ways you can reach out to me and I look forward to catching up with you, man. Today's episode of Bet on Chicago is presented by uh, Believe uh, BetOnline.ag, promo code Believe50, 50% welcome bonus. Uh, Vance, uh, be blessed. Thank you so much for coming on to the pod, man. And I, I would love to stay connected with you. Maybe we can bring you back uh, somewhere down the road because I think uh, that your message doesn't need to just be heard once. I think it needs to be heard over and over again. So thank you for coming on. 
Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. God bless you too. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Uh, thank you for checking out this pod. we got more coming the rest of this week. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, when in doubt, always bet on Chicago. <laughs>